First off, with any debut release, like everything, I'm sure there are going to be like tons of unknowns. Uh, so I'm wondering, what were your expectations going into the launch of the album? Were you excited? Were you anxious? Um, that is a great. I was just thinking about this yesterday because mm. um, I don't know. I, I was working on this album for a really, really long time. I guess in my scope, I mean, I started it. Um, I guess like October of last year, and I finished it in August. Um, like just three weeks before I was going to release it. Um, I don't know. I, I think at first when it was like going, I mean, I changed like half of the songs, like there are a bunch <laughs> of lost songs from the album. So I think the first draft of it, if I would have released it when I thought I was going to in, in, you know, January, I was setting my expectations like kind of high. Cause you know, I was on, a, you know, for, for me at the time, I was on a decent trajectory, you know, and I felt really strongly about all of that, but like. Turns out making an album is really hard. <laughs> yeah. And at a certain point, like I just got I don't know, I hit a wall where I was like, I don't I want I don't want to be making this anymore. Not in the mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I was loving the project, but like I don't want to keep working on this. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the expectation I set was like the cool people that listen to me or that <laughs> know people who listen to me will hear this and be like, hey, that's cool. And that's all I need. And it is definitely surpassed that, mm -hmm. which is really cool i don't know like the literally yesterday i was on a date and mm -hmm. um someone on the street is just like hey are you a soundcloud artist wait you got recognized <laughs> yeah which Holy is crazy shit. and in like portland too which is interesting there's not like yeah. a huge like hyper pop scene or anything here yeah, um, holy shit that's awesome oh my god that's that's like i can imagine was that your first time ever getting recognized it was my first time getting recognized here for sure and first time getting recognized for for like this project so mm -hmm. Yeah, no, like that was, it was really flattering. And the fact that it was on like a, a first date too, mm -hmm. like. Yeah, you're yeah. Just, just like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm a big deal. Flip your <laughs> oh, hair. Yeah. You know, I'm a little bit famous. Yeah, I'm a little famous. You know me, but yeah. What are some of the funniest pronunciations you've ever heard of your name? Has it like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Swice is one. Swice? I was thinking oh, yeah. like Sayorsi. What the, Swice? Swice, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that one happens. Um, like, uh, Sean kind of bliss, uh, calls me that as a joke, but someone really <laughs> did say that to me. Oh my God. In um, person? Uh, not in person. Thankfully. Okay. Um, just, uh, just in a, in a voice call. I think if that <laughs> happened to me in person, I would shrivel up into a little and, and die. <laughs> um, oh That's fucking hilarious. Um, oh my God. Yeah. I think like, I don't know. I get, I get a lot of say or say, or like, mm. uh, sor sourcey, mm -hmm. um, uh, and I think, uh, I mean, like the, you know, yesterday when I got randomly recognized on the street, uh, you know, the, the person was like, oh yeah, you're a SoundCloud artist, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, say your, sorry. And I'm like, Sersha? Like, Sersha, yeah. <laughs> um, oh man. Oh, there's so many. Like, Sorius. Sorius. Uh, I don't, yeah, I think like. It, it almost seems intentional sometimes the way people like misplace. I, I can guarantee Swarcy or so, so whatever the fuck the first one was. I can <laughs> guarantee that was that no way in hell. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I think I think sow rice is the one that bugs me the most because it's so common and it's like that's not even the order the letters are in. <laughs> <laughs>
when it comes to like debut releases, like no matter how much people compliment or praise or just say like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, it's sometimes difficult to see anything other than like the flaws in what you created, like something like like the things you could have changed. You've been like, oh, I wish I would have tweaked this. I would have done that. Uh, so I'm wondering now that the album has been out for a minute and had some time to simmer. How do you look back on it? Um, ooh, that's a great fucking question. I, I think in my brain, because of the way I created it, it feels really disjointed. And it's just because like all of these songs were written, you know, in like very different styles and over very different periods of time. I don't know, had a very, I mean, had a very interesting last year as many people did. <laughs> um, you know, being in your, your uh, early 20s. Uh, but like, I think there are a few songs that I think are definitely like, they've grown on me since I released them. I was starting to feel like really, really, really over, um, the opener because mm -hmm. it's like the oldest song on the, you know, album. And then I, I don't know. I, I was just like kind of feeling nervous about how that would be like received and sort of like feeding that into my own perception of the the record because like the pace in this scene for releases is crazy yeah like i used to make indie music like <laughs> you can just take three years to make an album and no one gives a shit um <laughs> drop one and then drop off the face of the planet and come back a couple years later yeah exactly and that's like expected so definitely like keeping up with I don't know. I had to go back and fully change a few songs. Like I restructured a bunch of the really old ones that ended up making the final cut because I would like write something new and I'd be like, whoa, this is way better than the rest of this. Um, but yeah, I, I think my takeaway overall <laughs> is that um, I think I, I, I think I sort of was able to execute the the more like lighter poppier stuff better um and that's definitely what i've felt like really confident about and what i think people have really connected with and like i don't know not gonna lie there's a song on there where i kind of am doing a whole i'm doing a little bit of a break thing people said that to me and i was like shit <laughs> yeah shit awkward. i mean everybody gets that fucking everybody gets that comment. literally everyone <laughs> if you play guitar and you yell like oops you're or like a voice crack once it's like oh <laughs> yeah. it's kind of giving me like break vibes kind of eden vibes but yeah like it's interesting <laughs> that you mentioned like the pace of like releases in this scene because it's it's crazy to say that like zeke is gonna have like probably two album of the year contenders in a single year like is, it's yeah <laughs> i can imagine there's a lot of pressure to just like get stuff out like like rapidly but it's interesting that you mentioned that like the album feels disjointed to you because i feel like to me and like i probably i think a, a fair few people would agree with me it feels genuinely like one of the most thematically consistent albums of the year in my opinion so it's it's super interesting that you mentioned that and then um you know of course like i'm glad that, i'm glad that you look back on it at least in like a somewhat a, a somewhat positive light but um i'm wondering like um now that you have like a project out uh release like i feel like something a lot of people struggle with is once they put out a day once they put something like a debut album in, out into the world is like this scope creep that comes with it um like the continual desire to like one-up yourself with every release uh so i'm wondering do you any do you feel any sort of like anxiety about like projects going forward <laughs> yes mm. um and no because i uh have 
I don't know. I, I have a lot of um, unreleased and unfinished music that is just like pretty fun and, you know, like low emotional commitment and like low concept that I think will be like nice to just put out over the course of however long. But I've like what, what you know, when I was still finishing producing everything, um, I had already started to write songs for a next album. And I hmm. already have like eight songs that I have just I've written and a couple of them I started producing. And hmm. like, I don't know, the one song that is like <laughs> closest to being done, I keep on like sitting down to work on it. And I'm like, oh, God, like. <laughs> why do I have to make this better than the previous project and I think I don't know I'm trying to let myself let go of that because like mm -hmm. I think it'll honestly no matter what I think it will just sound better in my eyes it'll be better and that's all I really need it to be mm. but like living up to those external expectations is definitely like crazy it's like I've established something now that will be a lot of people's you know like uh intro to me as an artist um and then from there i have to like define that sound you know which is like i think it's fun honestly it's exciting figuring out like what is the sertia dream vibe <laughs> <laughs> like that's all it really is that's the that's the process now that's what we're working on yeah no i think i think it's important like i think you make a really good point in saying that like personal satisfaction is with your music is something that like you should prioritize a bunch like of above all else because i feel like we've heard like horror stories of like dozens of artists having like pressure to release a certain type of music or pressure to fall into a certain category and yeah. then just eventually getting burned out because you don't enjoy what you literally like creating and uh something i was surprised to hear um was just how sample heavy everything was like i noticed you chopped up everything from dynamic duo to teenage dream uh <laughs> yep. so i'm wondering what inspired you to sample so many sources and collage them all together in that manner Ooh, um i've always really loved sampling uh i think that was i mean i when i started producing i started making edm and i was mm -hmm. like this feels boring um <laughs> and then i uh lo-fi hip-hop uh, mm. was just starting to become a thing when I mm. was like getting sick of, you know, uh, drum and bass or whatever I was making, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know why I got sick of drum and bass, but you know, <laughs> we've, uh, we've come around on that, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I started doing the whole, like, uh, find an old, you know, jazz song and put <laughs> lo-fi drums over it. And like, <laughs> it's all, it, it was all pretty mediocre, but that really, really got me into sampling. And mm -hmm. especially like, I really liked making mashups, which I still mm -hmm. love doing. Um, mm -hmm. Just like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that's one of the most uh, <laughs> fun parts of music creation is just putting two good things together in a new mm -hmm. and unexpected way like I think there's such an art to it that is really like unsaid and I wanted to bring that energy to the album so usually I would start something like I don't think any of the songs started with a sample but I would mm. start something and I'd be like I like <laughs> I don't think I myself can like make this interesting enough without like going and chopping something up like mm. I would rather you know draw upon this like other influence and like just have fun with it like i i think i had been pressuring myself so hard like i gotta like create all of my sounds you know usually my process would be like okay you know i want uh you know like a chopped piano 
you know, and okay, you know, the song is in this key. And then I just like Google songs in D major. <laughs> like I like literally just Google songs in mm -hmm. D major and I would go through and I would look up piano covers and mm -hmm. then whichever one like sounded the best, I just mm -hmm. like would take a piano cover and then chop out all of the parts I thought were the best. And that was like, that was when Just Like You became a real song because mm -hmm. the original drafts sucked <laughs> it was like so boring and i was struggling because i had this really good idea for it and i was like i don't know i don't know mm. what to do here but um but yeah thank god for uh the fray how to save a life piano cover on youtube <laughs> um and then that song became a challenge of like i wanted i don't know i wanted all of these like random like voice clips and little bits of acapella and like you know, just like chopped vocals and instruments all across it. So I just like found the most random stuff on my hard drive mm -hmm. and just toss it in there. And I was like, what can I make of this? And, you know, <laughs> I took just like a little like half second clip of, you know, Katy Perry um, and used that as just like, <laughs> just like a tiny little, a little bloop sound. Um, and then, you know, dynamic duo, I think I cut up like three seconds of, and then I put it in the, in the hook and like, <laughs> I, Lincoln Parks in the end was right. definitely a good one. Yeah, the most sample heavy song, you know, as far as like it, you know, uh, being structured around its samples is Upset, mm -hmm. which, um, yeah, I was <laughs> I was making a song, uh, making just like a beat. It wasn't even going to be a me song um, with a, a frail state of mind vibe. And I was like, <laughs> this is in the same key. What if I just sample it? You know, what if I make a garage beat out of a garage song? Um, and then, like, I think someone told me, I was like, I want to chop up a vocal for this. And someone told me, you should chop up Drake. And I was like, I feel like that'll get me arrested if I release that. Yeah, I was um, shocked to see the list of samples considering that's on streaming. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, you know, shh, yeah. we don't tell anybody. But yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a joke. Um, you know, my uh, my manager yeah. has uh, <laughs> instructed me to say that. Yeah, for legal reasons, that was a joke. Yeah, no. yeah, precisely. I sampled the, the Drake, like the original acapella for the Drake song. And I was like, you know, it was kind of low quality. And I'm like, I could get in trouble for this. <laughs> so I just like looked up like acapella covers on <laughs> SoundCloud. And there's so many acapella covers on SoundCloud. Tip to all the like producers out there. If you want to chop a random vocal, like you don't have to use fucking gloves by Camo anymore. It's okay. You can just like look up any song on SoundCloud and then acapella. And it won't be the real acapella. It never is. Um, but it'll be someone doing a pretty good rendition of, uh, you know, uh, hold on, we're going home or, uh, you know, <laughs> what have you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And like something, uh, I've seen with like quite a few bit of, uh, friends of mine, like, it's interesting that you mentioned that like, you never really started with like a sample, but then you added them in. And like something I've seen with a lot of friends of mine with debut releases is that it can be sometimes difficult to tell when like a song or even a project as a whole is done. So I'm wondering, like, how did you know that everything was done? He didn't have to, like, whittle away at it anymore. <laughs> Oof. Um, well, this was very much thanks to my uh, co-executive uh, producer, uh, day waiter, Cody. Um, incredible guy. And, yeah, I was so lost in the sauce <laughs> of making the album 
in in the early days that I just started sending him like all of the whips and all of the updates. And at a certain <laughs> point, he was like, "Okay, like I'll just like you know executive produce this with you mm-hmm. and help you figure out the structure." And I would just like you know come back every couple days with like a really fucking crazy idea and be like, mm-hmm. "What if I like rearranged all of this? And like, what if I mm-hmm. you know mash these two songs up and all of this shit?" And Cody would be like, "Okay, totally." But also, I think maybe what you have now is good. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, we just like, I don't know. I, I think when I had those nine songs pretty close to done, mm-hmm. um, I was like, <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I remember like texting uh, Cody like, okay, wait, what if I like took these songs out and like made some new ones in this kind of style? And he was just like, don't do that. like like don't just like it's this is good like you need to just you know accept this and i you know he he helped me put it in like proper track order and i just like sat down and i had to listen to it like 40 times like the first 39 listens i was like (laughs) i don't know i don't know i don't know but you know listen 40 or you know or whatever it was it was a lot like i was it was like half a day i was just listening to the album um and like i had to let it go you know because mm-hmm. even on you know the the 40th listen i was like there are all these things i could change you know and all these things i could add and you know i could make this and that and you know go back and fix this tiny little you know vocal error that absolutely no one will notice mm-hmm. and i just uh i don't know you just have to let it go it's like um it's like a, a mama bird letting a baby bird out of her <laughs> nest. You just like you have to trust that what you see is way different from what other people see. And you know, that mm-hmm. like when you are showing someone something, they're not just like saying this is good to flatter you. Like and I don't know. I really appreciated that honesty from like Cody in the process. Cause sometimes I would send him something and it'd be like, I don't like this. He'd <laughs> <laughs> just straight up be like, I don't think this works. Like I think you could do better. Um, like entire verses or like beat sections, you know, he'd just be like, nah. I feel like, yeah, you're you're right. I can imagine it's nice to have somebody to sort of like rein you in on that realm. Like, um, like I, I think it, it's it's a quote from like the realm of film, but I think it is applicable here. Uh, basically, the like this, there's this famous quote that says like films don't ever get released; they escape. They just like the sort of they like you kind like if you never had a deadline to get something done by, you would just whittle away at it at it forever. But I think it is it's important to recognize that like you aren't the target you yourself are not the target audience of a project you are going to have inherently different like biases and everything so i think that's important to keep that in mind so number one tip is number one tip is get a friend to tell you to stop basically yes (laughs) have someone executive produce your project with you all that has to be is sending them everything you make for the project (laughs) and getting their real true opinion (laughs) Mm -hmm. so somebody that's honest with you for sure someone that's honest yeah and then uh transitioning over to webcage it seems like there's a new collective popping up like every week but for every new (laughs) one that pops up it feels like there's like three that fizzle out prematurely uh but despite those odd uh those odds webcage is actually like not only persisted but has actually gained quite a bit of momentum especially recently uh so i'm wondering are there any lessons that you and your fellow members have learned in trying to keep a collective of that size afloat Ooh, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we started with a very different vision than we have now. Because um, originally it was just like a joke Discord mm-hmm. server. Um, and we made just like, I don't know, just fun and occasionally just kind of stupid <laughs> glitchcore songs, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, 
And I, I, I think like when we started getting really, really good whips being sent to, you know, the, um, the like open tracks chat, uh, I think people started to think like, oh, like, wait, like we could mm -hmm. like, we can take this seriously. Like we can have fun with this. And then we, you know, added a bunch of people we thought were really cool and, you know, released a couple singles and we're gonna, we were like gonna release, I think like, a, you know, a, a two track EP at one point, just like a, you know, uh, I guess a, a single kind of. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, we have an upcoming project, uh, you know, quite soon. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we decided we wanted to work on that a very long time ago mm -hmm. and committed most of our best work to that. And then like, you know, anything else would end up being, you know, a single or, you know, make something for a forum event, you know, something like mm -hmm. that. Or like Goop House, something like that. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot of work. I mean, like, I think we all became really, really close because we spent most of that time, honestly, just like hanging out and getting close with each other. And like the time where we, you know, weren't releasing music, we were working on a lot of music and, mm -hmm. you know, like just like strengthening our bonds as a group so that we could, you know, like achieve what we really wanted to achieve for our first like project so that mm. we could then go forth and just be a regular fucking collective. <laughs> right, um, yeah. But I think uh, the best lesson I learned about collaboration that I think others definitely learned too is that sometimes you have to just like let an idea go. Mm hmm not necessarily like, you know, you have to, you know, let it be thrown away, although sometimes you do. But, um, you know, if you send a guitar loop or, you know, if you do a verse on a song and then, you know, someone who's producing it is like, oh, I'm actually going to do this with it. And it's like not what you envisioned at all. It's like just accepting that and like seeing where that goes. That was, uh, you know, definitely an, an adjustment because we started from like the the pretty, you know, like scene typical format of like you know someone sends a beat or like you know two people make a beat and send it and then there are you know x amount of opens on it and then that gets released on the web page page mm -hmm. but we like pivoted to more of a a kind of band dynamic where just everyone is working on everything all mm -hmm. the time um and yeah you gotta like it's you gotta have a lot of communication for that mm -hmm. um and definitely, like, at a certain point when I was trying to finish everything and I couldn't really commit to doing more, like, production or, like, a lot more, you know, vocals for webcage stuff, I just would, like, I, I would literally just be, like, you know, adding people to the Discord server, like, hey, you going to work <laughs> on this? Or, like, hey, who wants to, you know, be on this track that I'm not even on? Accepting a really, like, atypical workflow um, made our music so much better. and. We still definitely gotta gotta reformat that, but I think going forward, like we are already, you know, starting to make a bunch of new stuff, like that's coming out way easier than even like the first few songs did. Cause I mean, it's just like, you know, we'll like hop and call and someone's like, I played this guitar thing and someone did drums on it. And it's like, okay, I'll do a hook. And then this person will make another section. And it's like, it happens so fast. You'll mm -hmm. have almost an entire song so quickly and before it would take months to get there right um 
Yeah, like you, you mentioned, you mentioned like everybody working on everything. And I mean, despite there being a lot of similarities between your work in WebCage and what you showcase on everything, uh, like somewhere the two worlds differ pretty heavily is the number of like producers. Like, for example, like the majority of everything is self is self prod. But then, of course, the most like one of the more recent um, WebCage singles, Freakout, has 15 producer credits. <laughs> yes. uh, so I'm wondering, uh, what do you think are some advantages and disadvantages of having that many cooks in the kitchen? Yeah, I think. Sometimes it can definitely, I'll start with the negatives, you know, because sometimes it can get really confusing. And I think sometimes the collective vision for a song can become very muddled. Mm -hmm. But usually we will have uh, like one or two people that are like holding the project file and everyone else will just send them shit. And I know um, uh, an, an upcoming Webcage song um, that uh tour primarily produced um we I, I think there are like nine producers mm -hmm. and we started that one in call off of a guitar loop and everyone just like you know went off to make their own sections and tour is like okay you know i'll hold the project file and we all sent stems for our sections you know and i think we had like landed on some kind of structure and vibe and the people had done verses already that night and then we came back like a couple days later and Tori's like, yeah, I changed the entire structure. <laughs> and I also mashed these sections up. And it's like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, it, it's, you know, there's a, a little bit of like, you know, some, you know, executive decision happening there. But it's with all of these parts from other people that makes it like new and fresh. And mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I think that's what keeps it exciting. But I think if everyone was trying to produce all of the songs equally, mm -hmm. that would get really really difficult but i think yeah i don't know it's it's so so fun to just like hear a song you know that's like it already has like a beat and vocals on it and to just be like oh like i'm gonna add something mm -hmm. you know like i'm gonna add additional vocals or some you know little amount of production because it will just like you know it like if you if you let go like of oh i already liked you know this part or like oh you know i already liked the beat mm -hmm. like if you if you accept the the unknown a little bit mm -hmm. so so many whips like blossomed mm -hmm. from that so i think i don't know i think it's really good to just have a bunch of people throwing shit at the wall to see what <laughs> sticks <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean it's interesting that you mentioned like a song um that's potentially coming out like a like with tour <laughs> like um basically completely restructuring the entire thing i feel like a lot of other collectives would just be like Okay, time to leave that in the past because I feel like at that point it would be like a little bit difficult to like rearrange like back into a collective vision. Um, but I'm wondering, has there ever been like I gotta know, has there ever been like an instance of a song that's been tanked by somebody just being like, I'm gonna switch like everything around? Ooh, that's a good question. I think we have. Honestly, no. I think really? all of the songs. Yeah. Okay. So there are a couple unreleased webpage songs that um uh literally like the key got changed Holy shit. The, the key and bpm was changed and wow. like the instrumental was completely redone and <laughs> that's like the only reason they got finished hmm. so i think honestly all of the songs that are in the vault that are like absolutely never going to be finished and <laughs> never going to come out are the ones that like never got any production updates and just like people were just continually adding vocals to mm -hmm. um so yeah, I, I, it, it's definitely, definitely the opposite. Like, I don't know, people adding new stuff or changing stuff around is like what keeps 
the <laughs> what keeps the songs alive you know hmm. um i can think of definitely like five songs that you know didn't get that kind of attention that are just like lost mm-hmm. which is a bummer because they're great songs but like we moved forward and we just like did other shit and it worked it worked out really well yeah that's super interesting because like i feel like i feel like that's the exact opposite of what a lot of different collectives do in that like sort of change it's, it's, it's interesting because i feel like that's what kind of gives webcage its longevity the fact that you guys are all so dedicated to forming like like different sounds and just like you said throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks yeah. um that like a lot of i feel like a lot of other collectives that maybe aren't as experienced are or full of members that aren't as experienced are a little bit more anxious or a little bit more hesitant to just continually change things so consistently and uh something i always appreciate about your role in webcage is that from oh my god i love you so much to freak out uh you're often contributing some like really goddamn catchy hooks uh so i'm wondering <laughs> was your decision to often be featured on the hook a conscious decision or was that just coincidentally how things have gone so far um it was coincidental at first mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i realized i really really like doing hooks mm-hmm. um i think the first hook I, the, yeah the, the first um web cage hook i did obviously was uh grinder mm-hmm. rest in peace yeah rest in peace that song <laughs> rest in peace that song mm-hmm. um maybe i'll put it on my alt someday who knows um but uh, i i think i remember that and people were like oh you know the hook is like so catchy and i was like okay that's cool you know i hadn't really been much of a like hook person before then because i was coming from my my previous vocal music had been like indie rock where you can just like say shit and doesn't even have to (laughs) rhyme and it's all just kind of vague you know which was fun Mm. but i was like oh i can write pop hooks and i started doing some in my own time and i was like (laughs) this is so much better than whatever the hell i've been doing before (laughs) and like i would try I would come on a, you know, a webpage song, particularly, oh my God, I love you so much mm-hmm. is a great example. Um, oh, also fun fact, uh, in webpage, we all pronounce the name of that song, Omgulism. It's kind of a long <laughs> story, but I'm going to call it Omgulism from now on. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, go for it. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, on, on Omgulism, <laughs> um, I was trying to... I was trying to write a verse because hmm. the part that Emma um, Dossie X sent, um, she was like, yeah, you know, I think I think this could be the hook. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds dope. You know, I'm going to do a verse. And then I sent in my verse and everyone was like, so that's a hook, though. You just wrote a hook. <laughs> <laughs> so very coincidental. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I definitely, you know, when there would be new whips or like songs that would just have like a couple of verses on them and not really a clear hook, I'd be like, all right, you know. I can I can hop in I can do I can do the hook on here but like even even freak out like I still have my moments where like I was writing my part for freak out and I was like hey yeah I wrote the first half of a verse you know and it's just like you know the freak out I'm gonna pull my teeth out part mm-hmm. and I, I played it to everyone on call um and they were like I think that's a hook like I think <laughs> you should just do it twice I think that's like, god hook. damn it okay fine. <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it kind of creeps up on me but I've mm-hmm. definitely eased into doing it more intentionally because it's like so much fun mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting that you mentioned that like you sort of got comfortable I feel like that's like something a lot of people can learn from like you got comfortable doing one thing being the indie rock sort of thing but then you like stepped outside your comfort zone and tried just doing pop hooks on like a whim and then it ended up being something that you enjoyed a lot I think that's something a lot of people could learn from 
And uh, with shows opening back up, the topic of performing live has been on a lot of people's minds recently. And uh, and like I understand, like you mentioned, um, that you you perform bass in a band. But I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on the prospect of potentially performing live as Search a Dream someday? Oh, my God. I want to so bad. Mm. I'm setting up a a live set. Like I'm making. uh, Yeah, I'm like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to organize like I I think whatever the first live shows I play are, I'm just going to have like a project file with all of the songs I want to play and like the proper transitions in there mm. at first. Cause I don't have like a launch pad or anything, which mm. I would, I think that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really want to play live. I love playing live. I love doing live vocals. The only search of dream shows that have ever happened were like a long time ago. And it's just like me on guitar, which mm-hmm. is also fun. And I would definitely do that again. I think that's more likely to happen <laughs> where I live, you mm-hmm. know, but if I'm able to like get out to you know LA or New York or wherever, um, which hopefully I will be, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I I really want to play live, especially like with my friends in New York who have just started playing more live shows. Like mm. that'd be so fun. <laughs> right, and like as the discussion of potentially doing like a, I can imagine it would be gigantic, but like a group performance as Webcage ever come up as a discussion? We've talked about it. I mm. think we've talked about different ways to do it. I think more often than not, um, people will like, oh, that's funny, um, suggest mm-hmm. the idea of like doing smaller, you know, webcage shows with like some, you know, amount of webcage members that are able to be there and like you perform some of the songs and solo stuff. But the idea that I had that I think would be cool, mm. that also would be so hard to pull off, <laughs> um, I want to do like, I want to do like a live band hmm. for Webcage, like drums and bass, you know, two guitars, vocals, someone on synth, like that would be so cool. And there are so many songs that would translate like really well into that. Cause I mean, honestly, we, we've switched to like mostly guitar based music lately. I think, I don't know, that's not going to stay forever, but like mm. we have a lot of guitar based material coming out soon. Um, and like I've started you know, just for fun, like structuring out what that would sound like in, you know, a, like a smaller, like live band format. And like, I think honestly, I think if we ever do set up a webpage show, like we will go all out, we'll get as many people as we can get there. And we're going to, you know, be playing all the instruments and like really having fun with it because it's going to be something that we couldn't do very often. So we have to make it super special. Right. Yeah. No, that sounds that sounds like God, that sounds like an electrifying night. But yeah, <laughs> right on the topic of collectives, the rate at which new ones spawn has become pretty hotly debated in the community in the past couple of weeks. A lot of people think there's too many being created. They think that's sort of difficult to keep up with. And they argue uh, and then others argue that they're an important part of the community and that more should be created. Uh, so I'm wondering, as a member of such a sizable collective, what are your thoughts on that? I think, yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, I often can fall into the camp of like, I don't think we need this many individual Mm -hmm. collectives. And like, I've tried to, I don't know, I've been in a couple other collectives other than Webcage. um, But like the, you know, first one completely fell apart and that was a fucking lame situation. Mm -hmm. And then like the other ones are like um, user... Uh, oh god what are the numbers 
1776060669 I think. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, I think that's correct. That's very impressive. I would not yeah. be able to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but like I've um I don't know. I do I do some stuff with them, but that's pretty like it's I mean mm. it's you know, it's anonymous and it's pretty different. Like I do mm. stuff for Form and Goop House. But like yeah, I think as far as like like really like team-based collectives go where you're supposed to have this kind of like identity you know i think it's easier to commit to them and easier to form that identity if you know there are people involved who are maybe only in like you know one other collective Mm -hmm. um and like starting a new one is something it's a it's a big decision it really is and it is something that like no matter what can cause a lot of drama and Mm -hmm. it can take a lot of work to keep up with and can just fall apart really really easily and fall off the radar really really easily even if you yourself and all the other people in it are like you know really you know uh active and popular artists in the scene like if you're not committing to the collective it's just like not really gonna happen and at that point i don't really like like what is is it more you know than a soundcloud page and a discord group Mm -hmm. like you know, because at that point, just have just have a discord group and make music together. Right. I know? think <laughs> I think the argument again, I think I think people should be allowed to have their fun. Absolutely. Yeah, but I do. I, I do definitely, definitely think that like a lot of I think like the, the decision you're right. The decision to make a collective is a lot bigger than I think a lot of people recognize. And a lot of a lot of collectives out there kind of feel like either they peak super early and then like like I said like fizzle out very very quickly or they just feel like false starts. It's like people not really understanding that it's like a commitment and they just like sort of like say that they make a collective and then don't really do all that much. So yeah. I think that's an important thing to recognize. And then um, as the scene inevitably grows, I'm sure uh, through things like live shows and whatnot, I'm sure the use of blanket generalizations is going to continue to spread all over the place. So I'm wondering, how do you feel of people using uh, the, the H word to describe uh, your music or Digicore or anything else? <laughs> um, Digicore, I don't mind, although I don't even know, like, I, I guess I, I make some uh, songs that would be considered Digicore, but I was thinking about this recently when i was like looking through the digicore playlist on on soundcloud and i was like i don't really think i have anything that would like fit mm-hmm. in here that i've released recently and i'm like i don't know i don't know i don't know if that really fits but i don't mind it mm-hmm. um and hyperpop i fall very on the side of it is not a real genre and it's right. an unfortunate term used to describe a bunch of different scenes that can mm-hmm. cause a lot of tension but in another way when I'm telling new people I meet in real life that aren't like music people, what I do, I'm like, I make hyper pop, <laughs> but I would prefer if that wasn't the term. I don't know. I think I call myself pop just like pop or like indie pop. Yeah. Like, like everything feels pretty distinctly like pop, like not like, like it, it feels pretty distinctly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Finally, somebody gets it. But yeah, like, yeah. um, I think I think like you mentioned, it's a very useful term to describe to people who maybe aren't as familiar with this realm of music. Um, I think it has like like the I've always had the opinion that it's important to basically like for people that like if you overwhelm somebody with like, oh, glitchcore, digicore, all this other stuff, they're going to get overwhelmed. If you just give them one central thing and that is kind of what the purpose of the Spotify playlist is to do is to give them somebody a central word to latch on to and then maybe get more into things. Personally, I think the way forward is like doing 
whatever the fuck Tracy Breaks is doing with like Boingy Pop and all that shit. I think that's the way forward. <laughs> that's so fun. With Webcage, for example, you just like throw stuff out there and be like, hey, come check out this work in progress. And I think any creative can relate to that feeling of like being super excited to show other uh, show others people or other people like the stuff that you've been working on. Uh, but of course, they're potentially like the desire to like not give away too much before the album or whatever is out. Uh, so I'm wondering, how do you balance those two sides of the equation out? Oh, I am a big sharer. I love to share. <laughs> yeah, like you mentioned, you mentioned you worked on like uh, just like you in like 30 VCs on Twitter. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. And it was still new and surprising to people, which is great because I mm. think I was making the basis of the song and then someone told me like, you should like save this. You should like, mm. you know, work on this quietly and then release it. And I was like, damn, you're right. But I've already shown a fuck ton of people this project. Like, oh, I want to um, be I want to be mysterious so badly, but I can't shut the fuck up like that. <laughs> exactly like mm. all of my friends had already heard you know and, and many acquaintances had already heard like most of the songs from everything multiple times by the time it released but i think the project all together and new additions and stuff that was like the new stuff but yeah um all of my newer my personal newer material i'm really trying to keep close to me mm. because i I don't know. I kind of want to work on it in a vacuum mm. um, and just like see what I want to do with it. And if I just like follow that, I think that'll work for me personally. But I can't like I mean, I can't help the feeling of like making something new and posting it on Twitter, mm -hmm. you know. So I think I, I help that by just like posting, you know, random clips or like covers of Macklemore song. Right. Yeah. Or, um, or like our airplanes, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So that sort of like you know, uh, satiates that side of things. Webcage, um, yeah, there's a lot of us mm -hmm. and we're all really excited about the music we make. And I think we all want to just like, we all want to be really mindful of how we share our music because it would be really easy for a lot of it to get leaked. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I've known before that when I've played, you know, uh, like various whips in voice calls with friends, like, They've been downloaded later, hmm. and thankfully the songs that that happened to you did get scrapped. Hmm. Um, but it's just like unfortunate thinking, like, okay, like people really will just like spoil that for themselves, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when we started like taking our work a lot more seriously, um, we definitely still share stuff like with friends, but very little. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to be very clear, like very little, even in like the the like private webcage server, like we have a couple people in there that aren't in webcage and like we'll play stuff in the VC chat and like delete links after because we <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of our friends are going to, you know, leak it, but like we don't want to risk better, it. Yeah, better safe than sorry. Yeah. Yeah, as frustrating as frustrating as that can be, I feel like like it's frustrating that it is like a sign that you're doing something right. It's yeah. frustrating that like people are like desiring after like new webcage singles or whatever the case may be so so much that they're willing to like steal it before they're ever released. Um, but it is it is important to remind that it means that you're doing something correctly. And then uh, going beyond just sharing music uh, in VCs and whatnot, I understand you recently flew out to New York with meet to meet up with a handful of the the webcage people. I was wondering how was that experience. Oh my god, that was incredible. Mm. Um, I've never been to the East Coast before. Mm. Uh, so um, 
Definitely the moment where I walked out of fucking Newark airport and got mm. hit by the most humid air I've ever experienced. Oh, good. You went during this. Oh, yeah. You went during the summer. Yeah. That's, ugh, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so mm. that was um, that was rough. And that mm. whole week was <laughs> rough for my my body and my mm. my hair, especially. But mm-hmm. other than that, great fucking time meeting all of those people there was amazing. We worked on some really great stuff and like the energy of working on a song with someone in the studio is I, I need that. Like I'm thinking about moving to New York. Not going to really. Lie. <laughs> oh, that's super interesting. I'm on this lease for another year. But yeah, you know. Portland and New York is quite a quite the transition. But I mean, like, I mean, I, I came from California to Chicago, so I think I think you'll manage. But yeah, like um, <laughs> I'm wondering, like you mentioned the fact that you like worked on music while, while you were in New York. And like, of course, you know, as the pandemic begins to open up, like working in your bedroom is no longer like just doing everything in your bedroom is no longer going to become as much of like a necessity. Um, so I'm wondering, like, how do you approach like that environment of working with other people? Do you have like anxiety recording in front of others or anything of the sort? Um, yeah, I I think recording anything other than vocals, I feel completely comfortable with and like producing in front of other people, you know, like guitar and bass or whatever, like that is all like I can fuck up and feel okay with that because I have been doing that in front of a lot of people for a lot longer. But vocals can definitely be complicated because especially because no one uses fucking logic. Uh, oh yeah no i saw that (laughs) you're one of the you're one of the lone you and you and camo only people yeah (laughs) um and trendy trendy shout out trendy trendy um but uh yeah oh and two oscar sorry i gotta shout out my homies um (laughs) my 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 real ones who use logic um (laughs) yeah so i I use the very speed function for my vocals um because it just sounds way better and it's it's way easier than like manually slowing down the master of the song and recording over that and it's sounds way better than just like formant shifting mm-hmm. but the awkward part of that is like if i'm gonna record vocals at someone else's house on their setup like i have to you know plug in to their system with mm-hmm. my laptop and like set up very speed and like i'm recording on a like slower speed and a lower pitch and like i don't know I think I mean usually I'm singing that's I I do it so that I can like get really high vocals while singing in a more comfortable vocal range and even sometimes I just do it for the effect mm-hmm. um just cuz it sounds cool right um but like so I don't know I I do <laughs> like many artists in the scene I um use uh pitch correction mm-hmm, right. to hit uh particularly very high notes that mm-hmm. I I can't hit them without sounding completely uh, cheesy and corny, like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like fucking SpongeBob or some shit. (laughs) Um, So like recording those like really, really high pitched sections that I usually put in the back of the mix, like I can't do that in front of people. Mm -hmm. And I definitely can't sing anything where I'm like really struggling to get it down. Like if it's going to take me more than a couple takes and I'm like feeling really strongly about it, like, I don't know. I'm getting used to it, you know, but I think if I'm around that, you know, if I'm in that environment more often, like I can warm up to it. And I really would like to, because I think recording 
vocals and writing vocals around other people is like really valuable right yeah i mean like you mentioned the fact that like you're like at one point in time you might have been a little bit more anxious playing guitar or bass in front of others but now you're comfortable with it so i mean it's it's nice to know that like you've gotten comfortable with one skill so there's room for there's definitely room for you to get comfortable with another and then like i mean like you mentioned like i can safely say some of the best advice i've ever been given is to like do everything you can to meet your online friends um like it, it's pretty difficult when you're like maybe like my age but like uh i definitely recommend anybody uh to go do that like hop on that opportunity as soon as they can uh yeah. but on the topic of age you're 21 correct i'm 21 right okay and something that we've seen time and time again as the scene expands is that there's a growing pressure to become really successful at a young age as we see like 14 15 16 year olds go like fucking nuclear uh so i'm wondering do you feel any sort of pressure uh in that regard and if so how do you like rectify it hmm um a little bit definitely um, more than anything, it's just like, you know, being surrounded by 16, 17 year olds who are like getting offers from Columbia mm -hmm. is like really intimidating. Right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, but in another sense, I think I don't, I don't have to rush for anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I think honestly, I, I know that a lot of the pressure on some like artists, you know, uh, who are like in high school, like an under 18 is that like, they want to make as much as they can before they like either decide to go off to college or like focus on their music career, which is not an issue for me. Mm. I don't go to college. I won't go to college. I tried to go to college and I dropped out. So, um, and that was, you know, when I was still living in my hometown and, you know, playing, uh, live music, which I started doing, um, I guess I was in a Grateful Dead cover band when I was 16, but we don't talk about that. That was, for, that was purely for money. I made thousands of dollars. Um, but my first real band, I was like 17 and I played keyboard and everyone else in the you know indie scene, they were all like college students or older. So I'm, you know, the 17 year old playing bar shows, <laughs> like awkwardly, you know, like smoking cigarettes outside with all these people like trying to fit in. Um, and I think that like felt like a strong enough start for me where I don't feel behind. I don't know. I, I feel uh, I feel like it's good to just take your time and it can right. feel like you have to keep up with all of the trends and do all of this stuff before you get too old and you don't like have the time or the energy or the drive, you know, to like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, reach some sort of potential. But like, I know plenty of artists who peaked in their early 30s mm. and late 30s and like even later um so like if you have to you know wait until you're you know 21 for your big break like that's okay being 21 is still pretty young kids i'm not i am not that much of an adult i promise yeah. you i don't have a job i am unemployed <laughs> Yeah. I make hyper pop for a living, <laughs> goddammit. I, I make hyper pop for a living. Yeah, put that on your resume. But yeah, like it's it's like I think it's it's important for people to recognize that like for I don't know why like we've somehow shifted like the goalpost of like being young to like 13. Like I think people need to recognize that like you're like you 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 start living on your own when you're 18 or like 19. Like that's not like that's not, like, I don't I don't get why people like sort of 
approach it as in like, oh, if I don't accomplish things by the age of like, or by the age of like even like 20 or 21, then I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing things correctly. It's important to recognize that like not everybody is going to be on the same path on a much different hand. The other day you <laughs> tweeted about putting together an Adventure Time covers compilation. So I'm wondering where did the idea for that come from? Um, well, I was rewatching Adventure Time. Mm -hmm. um, and as I was going through this time, I think like when I was watching it before, uh, I mean, I, I've seen the show a bunch of times, but my, my, you know, first like proper run through of all of it all the way through, um, was like right before the finale came out leading up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely was like just capturing up on everything and not taking a lot of time to like notice all of the fun atmospheric stuff and, you know, really like have fun with all of the music because I was taking in all of the crazy new fucking plot threads they'd added. Yeah, they added a lot of shit. Like, Jesus, I like came back and it was like an unrecognizable show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so good. Mm -hmm. um, I am obsessed. I just watched like a couple of the HBO specials last night. I haven't gotten around to those yet. Are they any good? Oh, my God. They're so good. Like, mm. yeah, the I don't know. I'm a I'm a lesbian. I really did <laughs> like the uh, I, I really liked Obsidian, um, which is the, the bubbling one. Like, mm. it's very, very good. And the other ones I've seen so far are also really good. Um, but yeah, I think I, I was listening to the songs and I like keep monthly playlists. Um, of just like whatever I've been fucking with that month. And it's like kind of easier than having like an on repeat or something like that. Um, and I'll just like shuffle that when I'm, you know, taking the bus or doing menial tasks. Um, and I noticed that like half of it was Adventure Time songs. <laughs> and I was like, I really want to cover these. Like, I really want to <laughs> learn how to play the bass part for Everything Stays. Um, and I thought like, wait a minute. I've always wanted to do some sort of covers compilation with the scene and i think something that a lot of people are into is adventure time absolutely yeah and i think it also has songs that like are very they can be like very soft and twee but also can translate so well into other styles and just like playing like pop and hyper pop mm. <laughs> um you know already like someone <laughs> has made uh fuck it an ambient cover of bacon pancakes and amb i need to hear that because i i need like i need like fucking like dnb like i'm just your problem or like daria oh, yeah. core i need daria core bacon pancakes that's what i you need. are like you will get it you will get <laughs> this like it is happening but yeah considering how the airplanes remix turned out i'm sure it'll be great but uh <laughs> and then um no matter how many artists you discover it seems like in this in this scene at least it seems like there's always like a dozen popping up every time you turn your back so i'm wondering if you had a couple if you had to pick a handful of uh of artists to put our listeners onto right now who'd you pick Ooh, ooh, that's a good fucking question okay uh give me one second i'm gonna open up my phone mm -hmm. um, go for it yeah no, no if you need to pull up a playlist or anything you're all good yeah yeah i have a couple particular things i mean obviously everyone should be listening to tour but i think people mm -hmm. know tour right. um all the members of webcage dossier everybody cannibalists oh yeah absolutely like literally just go to the webcage roster mm -hmm. and look down and listen to all of those people they're all really really cool um fucking heartstop miami mm. crazy mm -hmm. just makes some of the best fucking music like the sabotage that song is so good um i like cannot stop listening to it um moss garden uh and hidden contact are both like super good those are uh user members you somehow don't know delete zeke <laughs> yeah what are you doing yeah november 12th 
yeah what are you doing that's embarrassing you know november 12th um shit i mean i think uh i i think everyone should check out all of the songs on uh on goop house um i think those are all all very fun um and that's like uh community that i really really believe in yeah i feel like goop house is just genuinely like like as far as like artists like that you should check out i feel like goop house is probably the best like collage of like oh hey there's like like i don't know like 80 90 songs in there like okay yeah that's just every artist that you should check out that's popping right now shout out austin with a y love him to death um hell yeah shout out musa um (laughs) fucking great music wiley hopkins that's like not quite in the scene but like very very good um i think hopefully we all love carbine Mm -hmm. uh fucking mason uh, mason infinity Mm -hmm. uh just released an incredible album oh yeah Um, i loved it yeah yeah so good um oh my god okay my biggest one my biggest one that people are absolutely sleeping on that like you really need to check out you need to listen to canary spelled Hmm. c-n-r-i um like thank you for putting in like like spelling because i swear to god people in this people in this scene don't know how to fucking spell like (laughs) yeah yeah like you have to listen to canary Hmm. like i don't know some really fucking good songs i think my favorite uh right now is probably ooh shit that's tough i don't know i i've i've been listening to lightroom a lot but the Mm. song that um got me into them was uh, i don't really want to name this one but like listen to canary definitely someone you're going to hear a lot more of like i can see you know coming up real soon (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome and then on a similar note uh even beyond webcage you've collaborated with quite a few people over the years Uh, and i can imagine there's plenty more you want to work with so if you had to uh, pick a handful of like dream collaborators who would they be Oh man. Um I <sighs> I really want to like I want to get to the point in my career where I can make a melody loop for like a Nicki Minaj beat. I feel like that would be kind of funny. You know, that's <laughs> like way far in the future. Um I mean, yeah, manifest it anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm manifesting it. I'm manifesting <laughs> it. Definitely uh uh trying to trying to work more with uh camo after how the uh the airplanes <laughs> thing came out um shit in in the scene i think uh Tikipedia probably mm, is definitely. Like that would, i think I you really guys really i feel like you guys have a lot of chemistry that would be like a really good chemistry to see yeah finally you've come a really really long way in 2021 alone and i'm super excited for uh not only what you have in store but webcage as well uh so i'm wondering is there anything else you want to accomplish before the year is through and then in going into 2022 Ooh, okay um <laughs> yeah i want to release um other than the adventure times cover compilation yeah yeah that's gonna happen that's gonna happen uh that'll be soon um i want to release a couple more songs i have some whips in my vault uh i have this like i don't know uh i don't know if do you know you know sad key ought that song i do not know i did not oh, okay okay well it's like a really uh classic future based song but um made a rage beat out of that <laughs> and i'm <laughs> finishing uh, a song uh based off of that with day waiter hmm. that i really want to drop soon because that shit's so fun um but yeah i think most of all i just want to like oh, fuck i need to record a bunch of guitar- i've been saying i'll record a guitar loop pack mm-hmm. and then like put that online um i've been saying that for like an entire year and i think i'm finally like starting to record a bunch of different guitar loops so i want to finish that before 2021 ends and webcage i want to see peer-to-peer 
by webcage get the recognition it deserves because people put some incredible fucking work into that tape and like i am so excited for everyone to hear it and i just want to like I, I think we've done so much but we have so much potential as a group of artists and i want to like i want to ride that out i think there's like a big future there yeah considering the trajectory you guys not only you but like all of you guys have been on recently i think you guys have got like a really 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 bright future ahead of you i'm super excited um <laughs> me too i think that's gonna wrap it up for you today uh thank you so much for meeting with me today